just now there shoehorn in the back of this Bible from the last time I had the privilege of uh, preaching at this church a few years ago it was the night before the Thomas fire so no one probably remembers anything because our lives got a little wild just within hours of uh, that first week of Advent a few years ago uh, but here we are so let's extra prayers for the Holy Spirit knows that no disasters for our community um, some announcements. Uh, worship night, May 7th, 7 p.m. That's Friday night, worship night. Woo. Noah, what, 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 what do we need to know about this, if anything, huh? Uh, show up. Show up. Where is this? Yep. Okay, Let's yeah. Up. Let's say Jesse's house for now. Jesse's house. Sure. Ooh, Jesse's house. It's like that. Executive decision. Yeah. All right. Very good. Uh, Young Life, 5K for kids next Saturday. I watched the sermon, or pieces of the sermon, and it started right as David finished his spiel. Our own very own David Affman, uh, regional leader of Young Life. So a wonderful opportunity, 5K. You can, uh, you know, join their Instagram, show your pictures of you and your family, your kids, your dogs, whoever's traveling. Uh, you register, you do a walk for 5K, you share the photos. All proceeds go to kids in our community going to camp. Thank you, Young Life, and all those... Uh, involved um, and missions our church continues to do missions um, door of faith orphanage in mexico lighthouse women's shelter convoy of hope these are uh, some of the uh, ministries that our church uh, has been supporting even uh, through this season uh yeah anything else noah anything yeah, else anything else Lindsay, lane all our fearless leaders of this community this for Seth so I didn't forget I'm trying to get Seth to stop using plastic at the brewery so any of you see him you can take that I thought he might be here <clears throat> anyway wake up wake up grab a brush and a little makeup hide the scars fade away the shake-up hide the scars fade away the Why'd you leave the keys up on the table? Here you go, create another fable. You wanted to? Grab a brush and a little makeup. You wanted to? Hide the scars, fade away the shakeup. Why'd you leave the keys on the table? You wanted to? Father, 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 father. Why have you forsaken me? In your hands forsaken me. In your eyes forsaken me, in your thoughts forsaken me, in your heart forsaken me. Father, Father. Wow, all very confused. Lindsay does not look as confused as some of the others. She's loving this moment. Those are uh, some of the thoughts and words that have been uh, rolling around my head this week. That's that. So this is, let me pull back to the, open the curtains a bit. That is a system of a down song called Chop Suey. And once you hear this, you're like, oh, yes, 2001, metal song of the year. Anyway, so this, today is on Father, and all week I've had that, that chorus. It's this weird chorus 
It's like, Father, this, 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 like, back and forth, Father, Father. And it's just, that makes no sense because the verses are about one part, and then the, the chorus is about, like, Jesus on the cross, and they have no connection to each other. I read a story that uh, they were at Rick Rubin's house, and he was just fumbling through a book, and he just saw these lyrics, and you're like, that's cool. So that's how that ended up in that song. Anyway, Father. So we're talking about Father. Jesse asked me where he said, hey, we're going through the series, the seven-part series. Jesus, the Father, Holy Spirit, which is then going to kind of the framework. And then we're going to jump into grace, prayer, community, and service. So it's kind of the three parts and then some kind of action items. At least that's how I take it. I'm, I'm with you. I wasn't here last week, but I did uh, relearn that when uh, Jesse dove into Jesus. A lot of great nuggets in that. Some things I'd never thought about, like Jesus is, I mean, I, I, I thought about this, but Jesus is probably still in the same body. Anyway, it was just like rocking my world. So it's really good if you want to go back and, and enjoy that. Uh, and so I was, I was gifted uh, the opportunity to do Father. So, um, and I'm just going to leave a, a little note here so to, to give myself grace. These are meant to be foundational talks. So no need to dive too deep, Jesse tells me. No need to dive too deep. So uh, there you go. But anyway, nonetheless, uh, here we are. We're going to dive into what is the Father of God? What does that look like? Um, there we go. I'm going uh, to pray for us. Pray for myself. Dear God, thank you for this day, this heat, this weather, this community, this place on this mountain where we can come together and worship and be encouraged and hear your word. Uh, we, are, we are grateful for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. So today's scripture that I'm kind of uh, using, we are using today to kind of anchor uh, today's thoughts. Uh, I'm going to kind of read. It comes from the Sermon on the Mount, right? And it's where Jesus was up on this mount, and there's a church there today. And um, he, he, it's like multiple chapters. It's like a lot of the gospel. A lot of the meat and potatoes of the gospel were bestowed on this one event on the Sermon on the Mount. It's very windy. I only have one hand. Let me just give you some background. Let me, read, let me allow me to read this quick paragraph. The central theme of the Sermon on the Mount summarizes in Matthew 5, 48. You shall be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect. The word perfect does not refer to sinless or moral perfection. It indicates completeness, wholeness, maturity, being all that God wants a person to be. This goal, although never attain it in this life should continual challenge us to the greater service of our Lord. So again, this idea of father, a perfect father, uh, there's some more layers to that. Perfect maybe our language is a little limited um, to what that understanding is. And uh, with that, I'm going to invite Spencer to come on up and read us our our scripture. You know, what? some some churches, I like some churches that do this. Some churches, when, when they read the word, it's like this moment, right? It's this moment. This is going to be that moment. So those of you that are able and interested, why don't you stand? Yep, Brett knew. Brett knew. Why don't you all stand as Spencer takes us, takes us into our scripture. It's right over here. Let me be your mic stand. Or what man is there among who... Thank you. I'll, I'll just Start over. You're good. Or what man is there among who you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, 
being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to you who ask him? Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Well done. Spencer Jones, the word of the Lord. Yeah. Amen. Funny church jargon, weird things that we do and say. Nonetheless, the word of the Lord. May us uh, always uh, enter that with, with reverence. So as I mentioned, there's been music. I hear the world and see the world in music. As my uh, twin brother from a different mother, David Affman, who got all the good genes for like that movie Twins, we had this exact same birthday. We were born the same day. Clearly, there must be some connection there. We see, uh, we see and hear the, 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 the world through music and lyrics, and uh, it's just kind of obnoxious for our wives and those that have to be around us. But, you know, there's, a lot of, there's not a lot of father music out there. But I was diving into the father music. You have Father of Mine by Everclear. Oh, what a whiny song. I apologize if I'm offending people, but I'm like, get over it, guy. Anyway, don't be a victim. Anyway, we're going to unpack that because I'm in that camp, right? I, I would hear that as a teenager. I thought, what a whiny thing. But, you know, he's just trying to uh, vent, right? Just the two of us, Will Smith. It's a cover, and I think it was a love song before, but just the two of us. It's him and his kid, you know, just the two of us, happy in the sky, just the two of us, you know. Uh, Father Abraham, that's a real throwback, huh? Maverick, you know that song, Father Abraham? Spin around, sit down. Father Abraham, many sons. No, he looks confused now. It's my son, Maverick. Um, yeah, Father Abraham, yeah. Uh, and, of course, this, this strange... Uh, System of a Down song. Yeah, it's got this father reference. It's this depiction of Jesus dying on the cross for us. Um, but as I was, I was unpacking it, all songs of fathers are kind of, in, I found them to be in two camps. One is like a celebration of that relationship, a celebration of the father and the child and that relationship, and or the opposite, the other side of that, of the brokenness and the disappointment of that relationship that is broken, like that Everclear song. Um, which, uh, those of you who don't know, he's like, you know, father of mine, where have you been? When I played baseball, where were He doesn't say that, but that's how I interpret it, because that's kind of my experience. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of two, two, two camps, and it's, 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 that's interesting. I had a conversation with a friend this week. I was explaining what I was doing this, and he comes from a Christian family, mother, dad, very engaged. Of course, they're not perfect like any of us, but, you know, pretty, you know, good supportive household, support and love and care of both his parents throughout his life. And he said as he was in high school, he would, he would be touched and moved by the music that had parents and fathers and kind of that teenage angst because as he was young and developing his faith, he was seeing Father God, even though that wasn't his experience, he could see and understand the experience in movies and in music of that brokenness relationship. And for him, it was helpful to, for him to be like the restorative properties of God, of God the Father, right? Of what he can, what he is for us. It's also an interesting intersection of where the gospel and kind of the, the, the biblical model of family uh, having two parents, a mother, a wife, uh, a mother, a husband, or definitely having two parents of some capacity pouring into a child or their children as probably a better model than just one. I know I was camping. Abigail was there with me. We we're both single parents on a camping trip last uh, 
last week in Santa Cruz, she had her, her kids, I had my kids. We were like the single parents for the week. Lindsay uh, uh, had school and uh, other things happening, so she was unable to go, which is all part of the plan. And I was looking forward to it, having this time with my children, just me and the kids. But I quickly realized, I don't think I'm gonna do this again. It was a lot of work, right? You're camping, you're cooking, you're setting up. Luckily, there was other moms and dads and children to entertain and make sure that my kids were safe. It would have been a complete disaster if it was just me and the kids. But I took away from that. I was, I was excited about this trip and then not so excited. And my, my uh, fuse was a little shorter than it was at the beginning. I'd lost patience. Uh, yeah, so again, highlighting, reminding me that it's probably better, easier when you have multiple grown-ups pouring into our children. It's probably, we can all probably shake our heads and, and say, yes, yeah, prob probably right, yes. And those of us that don't maybe have that can feel that. Um, again, I was watching uh, this, uh, I think, yeah, I'll just say, say this, you know, I was looking at uh, a bunch of athletes telling their story just within the last few weeks. Um, Doc Rivers, basketball player, basketball coach, Jerry Rice, uh, even Wayne Gretzky, kind of was in the, in, the, in the framework of greatness. These are athletes that achieved great things. But they, were, they all had this thread that they were highlighting that was different than a lot of their peers, of uh, that they had both parents pouring into them and there was things that they got from their mother and there was things that they got from their father that made them the person, the human, uh, and the athlete that they become. And they were highlighting, I could not have had that if I just had one. And highlighting that many of my peers didn't have uh, both a mom or a dad pouring into me and pouring into my brothers and sisters. Um, and this is something where, again, it's, 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 I'm encouraged that the Bible kind of gives this, this model, right? And, and science and research and all of that, you can dig deep and it kind of supports that, right? You have both, both things happening, that intersection, which is, for me, always exciting, encouraging. But not all of us, you know, we think of father, and, and I also want to layer this. There's other verses where they, the word is father and he, right? But I think this is coming from a uh, patriarchal society. It's a language that's maybe limited, and I think some of the origins of these verses uh, can involve parent, mother, perfection. Um, so I, I, there is this element of father, and our brains can kind of go there. And it can be difficult for us, depending on what our relationship is like with our father. But there's also this entity, I think we can kind of get narrowed on that. There is this, I, I see it as more of a, as I've studied this, read this throughout the week. Yes, it's this father piece, but it's also just this, this parental piece. Because it's this agape love, the, the love that is completely selfless that a parent has for their child. Especially a baby or toddler, like what is that child giving back to you? Absolutely nothing. But yet you love this small creature more than anything else and you would do anything within your power to ensure that it's happy and it's healthy. That's the kind of love that the, the, the Lord has for us. This agape love, this selfless love, this love that you're getting nothing in return like a parent that's giving to its child with no hopes of anything in return other than just for that child to be successful, to know that they are loved. So as you read through this, there's tons of verses, right? And this, this beautiful image that Mr. Jones read for us. Uh, this story of like how much greater, you know, all of you uh, uh, parents, it's interesting, you know, we think of it as father. Let me go back. It just, the text says, 
which of you, if your son asks you for bread, you give him a stone? It doesn't say which of you fathers. It just says which of you, right? So again, it's to me, I see that this is any parent out there. If your child asks you for a piece of bread, you give him a stone? And it goes on to say, of course not. You know how to care for you, love, and care for your child. How much greater is the Father, our Father, loving you? And again, there's tons of verses on this Father. It comes up over and over again. Psalm 103.13, as the Father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. Matthew 6.26, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or stow away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? John 14, Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Luke 12, do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. John 1, 12, yet all who did receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. We are God's children. He is our father. This is this that we this theme that we keep seeing and hearing, and it's maybe somewhat limited to our language and our understanding, but this is a real cornerstone of God trying to reveal himself to, to us. And again, I could go on and on, but I'm going to leave you with one more. Jesus answered, this is out of John 14. Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So again, some of us might not have the best father figure, and this might not be the easiest thing for us to wrap our mind around. That's why, one, I want to encourage us to think about any sort of parent, that could be an uncle, a grandparent, any grown-up that's pouring into a child, that perfection of that love, I think that is what I take away, that is what I'm encouraged by. But some of us, this might be a, uh, an issue, something you wrestle with. Jesse asked me to talk on this, and he goes, hey, it's on Father. What do you think? And it, like, my heart started racing, because Jesse knows my story, and my, my relationship with my father is not ideal. Um, Again, diving into music, I found this 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 new song somewhat off my radar. I've heard it once or twice. I, I actually thought it was an easy grab by this artist and the people around her to like be the perfect song to play at a wedding. And you know those songs last last forever. These wedding songs. Uh, it's called you know father daughter dance. I'm like oh my god, you called the song father daughter dance to be played at every father daughter dance thing. But as you look at the lyrics, it is far from that. This is not a song that you would play at that beautiful moment at the wedding. Um, oh, I wish my heart wasn't broken from the start. I never stood a fighting chance. In all my days, from my cradle to my grave, I'll never have a father-daughter dance. It was always drama. I'm sorry I'm so anxious and numb but just sorry I messed up. I just really don't know how to love, how to trust. I try, but when I talk about him, I should probably cry, but he's nothing. He's no one. He's a stranger. I don't even know him. I don't even know if I want to have kids. I'm so messed up from what he did. Sometimes I wonder if I had a dad, would he have protected me from all the bad things, the bad men? Would I even be the same person? Somebody to help with the flat tire. Someone to walk me down the aisle. The worst part of this, I'm not even sad. 
How do I miss something I never had? That's heavy. I get emotional reading that. I can identify with some of that. So when we hear like, oh, Father God, if this is your experience of Father and or others and everyone in this on this parking lot, if that's not your story, if you're blessed to have some sort of father figure that loved and cared for you for throughout your lifetime, all of us know people in our family or our close friends that have some father like that is described in this very sad song. And I can relate to some of those ideas. I'll, I'll try and be brief, but I was adopted at, child, at, at birth uh, by two, two my parents, uh, Penny and Jerry are my parents, the, the parents that adopted me and they raised me. And uh, at age 12, my father drove away and he had this old Ford camper like 70s truck with the old camper, like you'd see down parked on Palm Street type setup. And uh, he drove away and I talked to him a handful of times in the months to come and then our, our relationship quickly faded. Uh, and what broke my mom's heart, I remember her telling this not often, but a few times throughout my life, she, her heart broke for the, 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 all the good times and the, the, the elements when my dad was a good dad. I think it really got rocky from probably age 9 to 12. Uh, my father uh, was had issues with addiction and, and other demons of his past. And he was not the father or the husband that he was in the years prior. I think my, my parents had a very fruitful, fruitful marriage. I think they were married like 10 plus years before they adopted me. I think they had a lovely, fruitful marriage. They adopted me and maybe another ten, nine, 10 years of fruitfulness and good times. And I do have fond memories of my father. He taught me to play baseball. He take, he was a truck driver. He'd take me to work on Saturdays. I'd be super excited um, to just cruise with him all day long. In his, uh, he's like a ready mix driver, like a, a concrete uh, truck, just dr delivering concrete to different jobs. We get donuts and stuff. And he taught me a lot of things, things that I still use today. He was a very handy guy, uh, always fixing, working on things. Um, but yeah, it, things just took a turn for the worse. Addiction, sin, um, and he left. And kind of the last chapter of my father, wasn't that long ago, a friend of mine, same friend I had the previous conversation with, I was saying, oh, I should probably connect with my dad. I had this conversation with my uncle, and I was kind of venting. I, you know, my dad's the grown-up. He should, he should reconcile. He's the grown-up. And my uncle says, you know, why should I call him? He's the grown-up. And my uncle, it was a pub we're driving. My uncle, my uncle is a very godly man and knew the scriptures well. And he goes, yeah, you're right. You're, you're, your dad doesn't deserve a call from you. He doesn't deserve it, but that's why you should call him. That is grace, right? You have the opportunity to exercise grace. And so I was like, oh, it hit me like a ton of bricks. I was I like in this passion moment. Like, this was kind of like we're driving and I was getting excited. I, like one of those moments where the excitement kind of wells up. It, it, it surprises you. And then it just like, just like smack in the face. Like, yeah, you're actually right. I should reach out. This is an opportunity to really, if I believe in this book, you know, like I say I do, this is an opportunity to love someone. Maybe, I guess that doesn't deserve it. I mean, everyone deserves to be loved, but in that context, right? But I still wrestled with that for like a year and a half. And this, this same friend through a series of events, he goes, hey, I found your dad. I actually called him today. I said I was a salesman and I got, had him on the phone. And it was a Sunday afternoon. It was right after church. We're on a hike right after church with my mother-in-law. And uh, 
he calls we're like walking the trail with the kids he tells, I was like oh my gosh and that same afternoon uh, there was a baptism at Luke Luke McCarthy's house here and for some reason Nick was baptized that day we all had the witness to see Nick's baptism there and for some reason it was I feel like it's a real work of the Holy Spirit in that day of seeing not that Nick is old enough to be my father but uh, I think I'm that young at least you know I look I'm like yeah of course yeah yeah but I am now 40 years old anyway it's another story but um yeah so Nick is not old enough to be my father but it was somebody I saw a man that was uh, I saw Nick that day that was experiencing God's grace hundred percent his family was there it was a beautiful moment that we're all a part of uh, experiencing Nick's grace experiencing the love surrounding Nick being a new creation coming into the water just that feeling of the water all around every square inch of his body that's how God's love is around us we sing songs about it right God's love is like the ocean you know moving us around there's no other feeling like that it's like everywhere that's God's love for us I saw that with Nick and it's it happened to be the same, like hours later after learning, like, wow, this is your dad's address. This is his phone number. This, you know, all this whole, he gave me this whole spreadsheet on this. This, I was like, wow. So that night I called him and uh, it was fine. It's, it, it went fine. Uh, I don't know if he understood the whole, what I was trying to do. I was saying, look, whatever you're carrying with, I, I, I want to forgive you and I want you to not carry any sort of, of negative thoughts, negative energy. Um, between whatever me and my mother are were to you and he's going oh okay cool and I was like oh all right and then he goes anyway I'll just leave it at that it wasn't like a storybook like yeah whatever so that was probably the last touch point with my father that's kind of like there's of course layers and layers 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 of that but um so as I try and unpack father father God you know the question. The question is, I, was, you know, trying to wrap my mind around this this, this week. What, what does this mean? What does Father God mean? And why does God choose this imagery as such a core principle to reveal Himself to us? I think part of it's that agape love, right? Um, and so I was just unpacking this and recognizing that some of us, what does that mean for us? And I think even as a youngster. I was watching this golf show. This is before my dad left or anything. I was at my grandparents. That's how I know, because at my grandparents' house, I know where they were. I was probably nine, eight years old. Some golfer, this is like late 80s, he finally won the US Open or British Open, whatever, and he made this incredible shot at the end. It's one of these old timers, not Jack Nicholas, but one of the guys he always battled against in the 80s and 70s. And his father was there when he made this miraculous putt in the wind. It's the last, you know, as he eagled on the 18th hole, it was this like miracle play. And his father was there, and he's like, he was retelling that story of like, what an amazing moment. My father taught me this game, and he happened to be there at the pinnacle moment of my golf career. This thing that I poured my life into. And as an eight or nine year old, I remember just crying because this this man had this relationship with his father that I recognized I did not have even as a child even before my father left there was disconnect right it was kind of ugly on the on the on the tail end of that relationship and so for me to understand father God I grew up in church and heard these messages and read these texts throughout my life and for me it did provide healing and I recognize that might not be the easiest or natural step for everybody but for me I do believe in the Holy Spirit 
that did father me in a sense. There's also other men that I think cognitively and unconsciously poured into my life. My, my best friend in high school's dad is a very dynamic, godly man. I don't think he ever pulled me aside that, yeah, Josh is lacking a dad. I'm going to really pour in him. He just was who he was. He worked hard. He served the Lord. And as, as he continues to, he's an encouragement to me. So I saw models of what a godly father might be in, 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 this, in this world. And the other principle that I feel like I, by the grace of God, hopefully I'm pouring into my children and providing a, to be a good father and a good parent. And I hope all of us that are parents here, many of us are, that we're encouraged to be that. To one, know that God loves you like the perfect parent. And encourage us to then and do that to the ch our children or the children around us. But I also had a mother that clearly loved me unconditionally, supernaturally. My mother always put, my, put me first even to her own detriment. I remember overhearing a conversation. I played hockey a lot as a child. She didn't think we were living at my buddy's house because my buddy's older sister went away to college. She's renting because we got evicted from her house and, and that whole deal. And she's in her bedroom living at this other people's house. And she goes, I could overhear her. Yeah, we could, I could probably go get my own place. But you know, Josh's hockey, you know, the, the cost of my hockey, like the cost of my hockey uh, was putting us in another house where she could have her own house. And she, I wasn't supposed to hear that. But that just, just speaks to how much my mother loved me unconditionally with that agape love. So I think, um, I feel like I'm somewhat, I feel healed and restored by Father God through these various pieces. And I feel blessed and honored and privileged and don't deserve any of it. And I think, so, so why? Why does God choose this father figure over and over again through this? And it's like this whole this whole book is is this that's the thesis of this book this agape love for us to know that god loves us unconditionally like that perfect parent and whether or not none of us have perfect parents even the ones with the best of intentions there's plenty of stories of of where they failed But through that love, knowing that God, knowing the story, knowing this imagery or understanding of a perfect father, and that's how God loves us, and that's how Jesus spoke of his father, one, allows us to know that we are loved, and then allows us to love others, I believe. I believe that knowing and understanding and believing in that love of God is allows us to then turn and love others and do radical things. To love all our neighbors, like that's that very beautiful story Lane shared. Oh, this is when I'm supposed to bring the worship team back up. All right, now here we go. I'm not so good at this. I'm not so seamless. But I believe that is what, that is why God uses this imagery. It's uh, for our puny little earthly brains. I think it's a good one for us to wrap our minds around. What is this perfect love of a parent, of a mother? of a father, of a grandparent, of an uncle, of an aunt, whatever that looks like, of a, of, a, of a coach even, of that perfect love, selfless love pouring into a child. What does that look like? What does that feel like? We can all see that, like the images in that book, that selfless love. That is what God has for us. Let us know and believe that today. And my hope and prayer is that we continue to remind ourselves. That's why we got, that's why we do this on Sunday, right? We, 
we have to remind ourselves of that love. And that will allow us to go and love others in radical ways and do radical things, I believe. Jesus, I thank you for this day. I thank you for this time. May us know you and know your love for us. Thank you, Father God, in Jesus' name. Amen.